This is Steven. And this is Tracy. And this is the Just the Two of Us podcast. <laughs> What's going on, Tracy? <laughs> Nothing much. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing much, huh? Long time no podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. We've uh, we we took a little bit of a break from the from the podcast, um, mm-hmm. but now we're, we're back in it. It's a new year, new us. New us. Same old podcast. Same old podcast. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's good to be back. And uh, mm-hmm, I'm, sh- I'm sure uh, all three of our listeners out there missed us. <laughs> all three of them. Yes, I'm sure they did. <laughs> So anyway, what are we talking about today since it's been so long? What do we jump into the new year with? Well, I figure we we jump into, uh, well, first let's say, you know, let's talk about the Grammys this year. Because last Mm -hmm. year we did a little Grammys recap and and that seemed to be well received by some listeners out there. So, you know, let's talk about what happened on the Grammys this year, the 2016 Grammys. Excellent. So uh, do you have any initial overall impressions of the Grammys, how it went? Uh, hashtag Grammy so white. Oh, really? <laughs> that's a pretty. <laughs> that, that that you think that's a succinct enough uh, synopsis of the show? Hmm. Well, it was probably a little bit more diversity than the Oscars, but uh, yeah, I, I I see where you're going there, though. Yeah, I mean, it was a typical Grammys performance. You know what you uh-huh. expect from the Grammys. Uh, it was right. going to be. You know, maybe four awards given out in the span of three and a half <laughs> right. hours. It's going to be a bunch of performances, a bunch of um, uh, smash performances where mm-hmm. they mixed up different groups of different genres right. together. That's yeah. I mean, it was the, it was the same old same old Grammys. You know, nothing, mm-hmm. and there was no, no nothing really exciting happened. So I mean, it was you know it was like whatever i mean right. but there was a few interesting tidbits that you know we could talk about that you know caught my caught my attention while i was watching it yes yes let's maybe jump into those oh well i'll say my overall impression yeah it's a it was the typical grammys um it was kind of i guess they were having a lot of audio and tech problems so that was noticeable and kind of annoying throughout the show and then um one of my uh, friends tweeted that the Grammy seemed off, and I agree with that. What like, do you mean by off? Like, well, he didn't specifically say what, but I understood what he was saying because it felt it felt like there was no, um, like it wasn't exciting. You know, like the Grammys are usually I don't know. It's just seemed, maybe it was all the performances were just kind of. Blah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then it just seemed like there was no real excitement in the atmosphere. Yeah, there was no signature moment of the Grammys. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything that like was like wow. I mean, with the exception of I mean, we'll talk about it, but mm-hmm. but there was nothing that was so amazing that you'll be talking about it for the next right. two or three days or four days. Right. Right. So that was maybe what it was, but. Yeah, overall, it was, yeah, the kind of typical Grammys, like you said, very little awards. And I and I wonder why there are so little awards now. Is it because, like, over the years people complained or something? Like, why are they slowly taking away the awards they air on TV? Well, that's been the trend for the past 15 years, 15, 20 years, because... That long? Seems yeah. like it's been no, more it's been recent. A, no, about at least 15 years. It's because they... 
the producers and the network has realized that, you know, essentially people actually do want to see the performances. Like, that's what mm-hmm. they really look well, yeah, forward to. Course, yeah. And they, and they you know, they've done research, market research, and they've looked at mm-hmm. the ratings, and they could tell that when it's the, when performances are happening, people are a lot more engaged and they're watching and they're more interested in the performances and the actual, mm-hmm. you know, giving out of the awards. I right. mean, it's a shame because, like, a lot of people, you know, worked hard on all these these albums and all this music and then their work isn't you know is it really recognized on the national yeah, like broadcast public, like publicly like to the full right like, yeah audience. i mean you know if fans. you go to the grammys yeah. website and then look right. at the winners but it's like a lot of people win awards i mean they they pretty much gave out maybe like five awards i mean yeah, they gave true. out album of the year record of the year song of the year those are the top three that they always give out mm-hmm. they gave out the the best new artist they always give mm-hmm. that out so that's four um, they actually gave out best like rap album on 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 the TV broadcast mm-hmm. this year. On you, country album, best country uh, best country album, and then the musical theater musical one. theater, which was pretty much the only reason they did that is because Hamilton won. Like if Hamilton hadn't won, there was no way they were going to put that on television. Yeah. you know, and it was yeah, pretty much was they somebody, knew, yeah. they knew Hamilton won because you know uh, Lin Manuel had the actual. Uh, Grammy with him at the Richard Rogers Theater. Well, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> no, they didn't show it on TV, but I read oh. tweets about it. Like after they won, you know, he gave his uh, acceptance speech, and then you know, at that special presentation they had at the theater, mm-hmm. he actually had the, the Grammy, oh, and he was wow. like on stage with it and walking around with it. So, <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason Best Musical Theater Album was even on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, let's get into some of the. Um, more uh, specific reasons why we wanted to talk about the Grammys. So there are uh, several things that we have that we wanted to point out, and I'm sure all of you probably noticed them as well. Um, gosh, where do you want to begin? So as we already talked about, <laughs> as you said, Grammy's so white. Um, that kind of brings up one of the things we noticed about the uh, tributes that they were doing yeah this is this really this this really grinds my gears <laughs> this is, is something i stick in my crow what is that from grinds my gears is from family guy oh but no i feel like that's from something else too probably from something else too but yeah. i know it from from family guy okay, well. but this is one thing that really gets at me so yeah. you know the grammys much like these other awards programs they always have these like tributes for mm-hmm. either a lifetime achievement right um, or like you know, someone's passed away, and then mm-hmm. they do a tribute to them, and they, and as part of these tributes, they do performances by you know other artists. Sometimes mm-hmm. you know more contemporary artists, mm-hmm. like for example, I mean, uh, you know, Lionel Richie received the Lifetime Achievement Award, and then right. you know some stars came up performing Lionel Richie songs. Mm-hmm. And my issue with the Grammys is when they it's it's the scenes to me when they honor these. The, the black artists who are the black icons, the, the pillars of the black, you know, artistic community. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe this... I, maybe I just never noticed it before, but in this particular broadcast, it was interesting how they used mostly white artists to feat these black icons. Right. And for example is, you know, with the Lionel Richie tribute, I mean, John Legend started off mm-hmm. and sung, and then they went to Demi Lovato. Mm-hmm. And then they went to Megan Trainer, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they go to Luke Bryan. Yes, yes, it is. And then they brought it back to Tyrese when he sung, uh, you know, Brick, Brick House. House. Yeah. 
But I'm like, Megan Trainer, right. Luke Bryan, why are these white artists like, you know, feeding our like black icons? I mean, these are like people who who are high in the black artistic community. Black folks love them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why can't you get other, you know, they mean a lot to black people. Right. And then and I just find it funny how you get these just random, you know, just, just, I don't, I don't know. I can't even, I can't even come up with a word. Random, disparate artists to to do this. I mean, Luke Bryan's a country artist for crying out loud, and I know some of like you know Lionel Richie's music has some roots in in some country and western. But come on, yeah. it's a stretch to bring in Luke Bryan. I mean, there's plenty of black artists they could have put out there. Oh, Luke Bryan and Megan Trainer. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like. I don't know. I always kind of expect to have when you give a you know these lifetime lifetime achievement awards, and it's usually older, more established artists. Obviously, been around for decades. I always assume that they would reach out to the artists that were also very popular or you know influential around that time, or influential to that person, or or they were inspired by that person. Right, and usually, yeah. and usually again, it's some people who um, you know were in that same musical era, and they don't seem to do that lately. I, I feel like last year they did the same thing with somebody, and it was kind of like why but yeah like you know i would love love to see like aretha come out or patty labelle or any anybody from like his era like yeah, that generation of the, of of the 70s and early 80s yeah, yeah. like you know because there's so many i mean obviously there's so many phenomenal musicians and yeah like it just you know this group of people you know i mean not trying to be uh not trying to throw shade to them like they're fine in their own rights but you know it's kind of like to do something like this, it would have been nice to see somebody from, you know, that era of music, somebody from the 70s or whatnot to come out and and, and salute. I don't but, even think it has to be someone from that era. I mean, well, if, no, if, if it's going to be, be, I mean, but, if you want to make it, keep it relevant to the audiences today, I mean, yeah, I mean, you you can, if you're going to do a contemporary artist, like, you know, Megan Trainor, Demi Lovato, Luke Bryan, they're contemporary artists, mm-hmm. at least make a contemporary artist who's, who are visibly or obviously influenced by the work of Lionel Richie right, sure. and the Commodores, sure. you know? Like, I mean, people who you know, like, wow, this person is, like, a big fan of Lionel Richie because mm-hmm. I can tell in their song, right? Mm-hmm. I can tell in their performance yeah. and, and how they sing and things like that. And and that, that to me, that would make more sense. Right, yeah. And, it, and, and it's, I don't know, this to me is, like, a disturbing trend because it... It happened again in the in the program when there was like a, a tribute to BB King, mm, and right. but this one I have a little less problem with because it was it was more uh, of blues artists giving tribute. Uh, it was Bonnie Raitt mm-hmm. and um, Leon Bridges. Le- was it Leon Bridges? No. no, it was Clark Gary, uh, Gary Clark. Gary Clark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Clark Gary Jr. and some other person I can't remember right now. But I guess because you know they're they were blues people mm-hmm. and you know so that's that's fine and, yeah, and that makes good. Sense. Yeah. But it's like you know Gary Clark was the only black blues person in that trio that performed that the tribute to BB King. I'm like, oh, there's no, there's two, there's not two other black people, <laughs> black black blues people out there you can get. You know what I'm saying? And then for for the Maurice White tribute, which was. Pretty sh- short shrift. Oh yeah, that was nothing. I mean, that was pretty much. You could I tell mean, that was. I missed something else. No, that was a situation where they just said Maurice White died. We need to do something, but we're not going to do anything big. Let's yeah. just bring out Pentatonix with their 
well, let's just bring up Pentatonics and Stevie Wonder and have them sing a, an acapella version of they, an Earth, Wind, and Fire they song. Could, they might as well not have even done a tribute with that. That was just so... That was the worst. Like Yeah, tribute. I mean, Maurice White couldn't get, like, anything more substantial than that. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like... I mean, I was listening to a morning show um, the other day uh, on the radio, and they were... They were also um, expressing their um, displeasure with the whole tribute. And, you know, they were expecting a big blowout with, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire coming up and doing yeah, something. I mean, I Earth, Wind, and like, Fire is this huge, like, you know, with all the horns and the costumes. Like, they have this huge production I mean, of their like shows. If they are not, I mean, are they not, like, the greatest band, like, ever? Yeah, I mean, they're I one mean, of the greatest bands ever, just as far as their, one of, yes. as, as far as their 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 image and their branding. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at the album covers of Earth, Wind, and Fire, you felt like you were like looking into another world, <laughs> and their and their music was just so big and bombastic right. and full of energy. And then they come out and have an acapella group sing with Stevie and that Wonder. Was it like I just really just didn't even understand like that was there was no more than that. Like I mean, he is. You know, wasn't Maybe they just figured that the other five guys are still alive. So, <laughs> but then they had the tribute to the guy who, who what was the Eagles, the guy who passed. Glenn Fry, yeah. So they did Glenn Fry. Then they had the Eagle. That was the Eagles performing. I mean, I kind of yeah. The Glenn Fry got yeah. like a, a natural performance um, from the band he was a part of. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so what happened with like? With Earth, Wind, and Fire, why were did they not want to? They, I didn't understand why they weren't. Performing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you never know who. You can never tell who's been invited and what discussions right, have taken exactly. place behind so, the scenes. But I mean, that wasn't nearly as egregious a snub as the one that was um, to Miss Natalie Cole. Correct. Where. You know, Matt Ali Cole passed away, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, when was it? That was like December 31st. It was like Christmas Eve, uh, New Year's yeah. Eve, and she passed away. And there was no, like, real, like, Natalie Cole tribute, really. Right, which I was mean, just... Which was very odd, because mm-hmm. Natalie Cole has, um, she has nine Grammys. Nine? Oh, Wow. She she has like nine Grammys. I mean, she she won Best New Artist. I think she said mm-hmm. she, she was the first Black woman to win Best yes. New Artist of the Grammys, uh, in addition to various other Grammys mm-hmm. uh, throughout the years. And she has nine Grammys. So she's someone who has been part of the Academy. Has been right. recognized by the Academy, and they didn't see fit to even give her mm-hmm. a proper tribute. She was just considered. Uh, she was just uh, as part of the the mm-hmm. long in memoriam list that they that they mm-hmm. do every year for everyone who's passed part. away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they did her as part of the oh yeah I forgot so and so died list that they always do at award shows, and she didn't get anything more than that. And and you would think they would have had enough time to prepare because I understand like Maurice. Just oh no, died, they had still... more than enough time yeah. to prepare. That was December thirty first. Well, right, that's what this I'm saying. Like there the should have been 15th, something. Fifteenth of February, mm-hmm. like they had, you know, six weeks to to prepare something because mm-hmm. David Bowie died more recently than her, mm-hmm. and then they had a full blown ten minute performance right. with Lady Gaga going through ten different David Bowie songs mm-hmm. in like five different outfits, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> representing his different. You know, his different incarnations of yeah, his career. Yeah, video presentation with the face. Right, they put yeah. a lot of work in that yeah, with, with, with Lady Gaga, and I don't have issue with that. I have actually I have no problem with them doing a tribute to David Bowie. Yeah, he's a very influential he's amazing. musician and, you know, beloved by many people. But, you know, when you think of, you know, all things being equal, I mean, David Bowie has uh, two Grammys. 
Really? He has one for uh, a video that mm-hmm. he did. It was like a short form video Grammy mm-hmm. and a Lifetime Achievement Grammy. He he hasn't oh, he hasn't wow. won any like legit Grammy for like a, album an or album song or song or, or any recording That's like that. Really interesting. I didn't and know it's that. like when you when you contrast that with Natalie Cole, it's like wait a minute, Natalie Cole's actually won a, a, more like Grammys, Grammys than a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't see fit to like give her a tribute, but they gave David Bowie a tribute, a guy who has two Grammys, one of which was just for like. Yes. You know, for, uh, you know, uh, Lifetime Achievement that right. he received in 2006. Yeah, that's... Yeah, their whole tribute situation, I feel like in the past years, has been very lackluster and just very all over the place and not quite always well thought out for certain people. And this was, again, not a not surprising that they, that they did this. So, very unfortunate about them not giving Natalie a better tribute and... And, and Maurice White as well. So, yeah, that's that what was, I, uh, yeah, that's what I say. Grammy's so white. You know, yeah. it's like even though black people participate, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. black people are in the show, but they're like, they're, let's say, they're part of the show, but not of the show, you know? Not like we used to be. Yeah, yeah. they're not they're not fully integrated. Like, if you feel mm-hmm. like they're part of the, the whole festivities, more like they're just you know, ornaments to use to accentuate the show in, mm-hmm. in, in a sense, you know, it's still like a, a, a predominantly white show in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on and talk about some other things because we got like a whole list of things here we, <laughs> we can talk about. Um, so aside from that topic and we've covered the whole yeah, tribute situation. Um, what did you want to talk about next? Because yeah. Well, let's talk about your girl Lauren Hill. We could talk about that for, for a hot minute. Well, I don't even know how much we can really say. I mean, she was supposed to perform and she didn't perform because she showed up too late. She's a hot mess. I mean, the bottom I mean, line is, is she she's gonna be one of those surprise performers that the Grammys like to pull out every year, and mm-hmm. she was supposed to perform a duet with The Weeknd. Mm-hmm. And you know, she didn't show up. And then she, you know, her people released some statements saying that, you know, something about, you know, well, she had, she was busy. She had other concerts that she was going to do. And, you know, the <laughs> to time, show up late right, for. the timing didn't make, <laughs> yeah, to show up late for because that's what she do. And like, the t- you know, she didn't have time to do the Grammys, this, that, and the other. And she just said all this stuff. And then the Grammys came back and said, but she showed up at rehearsals, you know? Oh, that's so weird. Like, she, how are you going to show up at rehearsals? Yeah. And then, then not show up to the show claiming that you didn't have time because you have all these other commitments. It's, like, you had you had time to go to the actual rehearsals. Right. You, so you can't use that excuse of, oh, uh, I, I couldn't make it to the show or whatever. Because it's basically she she came late and she lied about it. and mm-hmm. and But that's what she does. I mean, that's par for the course right. with, with Lauren Hill. Yeah, that's so unfortunate. And there's so many Lauren Hill fans that still stick by her somehow, some way, and keep going to these concerts where she constantly shows up late. And, and this was unfortunate because it would have really been nice to see her at the Grammys. And I almost kind of feel like she needed to be there. You know what I'm saying? To kind of like say I'm still here because it's like you're she's there, but she gets such a terrible rap for all this showing up late at concerts. And then her concerts cost an arm and a leg. And it's so you know unfortunate these people are paying all this money. And then she shows up like hours late. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I just kind of feel like she's just, it's unfortunate she's like squandering her career, you know, at this point. It's just kind of like, I was a huge fan and now it's like, mm, I would never try to go and see her. Not with all the... No, nah, nah, I don't know. I want to pay to see her in, in the yeah. least bit. Like, forget that, man. 
man. I'm yeah. spending money on El Buggy. Yeah, that's just that's just too bad. It would have been nice for her to to be there, but yeah, showed up late. Yep. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> what that's all we can say. That's all we can say about that. <laughs> so but, what's what's next? Um, well, one thing I wanted to say, oh, and cool. I, you know. This is kind of getting a little bit off topic mm-hmm. of the actual performances, but one thing I it happens every year, you know, whenever there's like an awards show mm-hmm. or some sort of like sporting event, you know, like the the World Series or Super Bowl, mm-hmm. the network that broadcasts that mm-hmm. always, you know, has to feature their 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 network stars of their of their television shows. Right. So if it's like a football game, they'll show in the audience like you know, from the star, you know, from NCIS, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you know, annoying. Yeah, or, you know, whatever, from whatever show. From Criminal Minds, it's Shamar Moore. Right. And, and and things like that. Well, CBS, you know, for the Grammys, they had a lot of their stars come out and present and host of, of you know, part of the Grammys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bow Wow was doing some of the pre-Grammy stuff. Mm-hmm. James Corden came out and, and did something. Then you had Gary Sinise, who has a new show on, <laughs> on CBS, Criminal Minds, like, Abroad. Random. <laughs> and Kelly Kuko from, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Big Bang Theory. And it's like, why? I mean, I, I understand you want to promote your shows, but I feel like CBS in particular is pretty egregious. Yeah. And... And inserting their TV stars into award shows. And it's like, it's not like I'm going to be watching TV. It's like, oh, man, Gary Sinise is on, man. I got to yeah, watch that. Exactly. You know? Like, I just saw him on the Grammy, so I got to watch his new show. Like, nah. Like, no one, no one's doing that. And, yeah, I mean, and also, obviously, not only are they, you know, putting their stars on the show, but they're also, you know, playing a million commercials right. of all of their shows. So every commercial break, you're getting, like, Big Bang Theory and, and CIS. But that's expected because you you're know. watching the show, and then, like, you know, you're gonna, most likely going to watch the commercial. But it's like they bring up, it's like they bought all the ad time. Well, yeah, well, that's part <laughs> so, of the, I mean, that's part of the reason for them buying these types of events, uh, the license to broadcast them, because they kind of treat it as a loss leader in the sense that, then pretty they, they might not make their money back and add revenue in broadcasting the show considering the rights it costs to, to get the the cost to get the rights for the show but they figure okay but I can use this as marketing for my other shows on on my prime time lineup you know it's like you know if they spent 50 million dollars each year to like broadcast the show they might not get 50 million dollars worth of ad revenue mm-hmm. from you know Clorox or KFC or AT&T mm-hmm. but they could say, well, with these other ad spots that we have, we can use it to push our other shows. So, you know, it gives people an opportunity to see the other shows that we have available. So, and that's their thinking in that. And I really don't have a problem with that. I just really have a problem with the, the you know, the people, the stars coming out and doing their thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's a music industry show. I think it should only be music industry people. Oh, I mean, totally, yeah. there's plenty of, of people in the music industry, whether it's, you know, <laughs> producers or writers or yeah. or singers or bands that, who are well-known and known enough and can handle themselves in front of a camera that you could put out there to announce awards mm-hmm. rather than forcing the issue and bringing in, you know, the second lead star of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I understand the ad situation, but it just gets really annoying, like because it's there's just so many commercials and they're the same commercials and yeah, so that actually annoys me um, because these networks have tons of money and it just annoys me. So anyway, that was 
Yeah, I, I understand, but it's, it's still annoying. So you get hit both ways. You're watching the show, you get, yeah. like, this advertisement. Essentially, they're advertisers. Like, you know, they're coming on, they're, you know, they're not promoting their shows, obviously, but they're promoting their shows by just, you know, having this announcer say, hey, here's from the Big Bang Theory. We have Kelly Coco. You know, it's like, who cares? Who's this person? Yeah, so anyway, that is so annoying. And I feel like Fox actually does the same thing. Yeah, too. Fox is pretty yeah, They're Fox really is pretty blatant too. with it as well. Yeah. Um I, I just feel I just feel like I feel like CBS is probably the worst with Fox being number two in yeah. doing that. Yeah, it's just like overkill, dude. Like stop. So yeah, that was an annoying part about watching the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Um Getting back into the, the actual Grammys. awards, yeah. <laughs> the actual awards, we were gonna have a little uh, conversation, I guess, about Taylor Swift and the shade. Yeah, Taylor the Swift. You're at Kanye. Yeah. If you if you may not have heard, you know, Kanye name checked Taylor Swift in uh, one of his songs. Uh, it's the song. What's the famous song? I famous believe. Song, yeah. yeah, famous off his new album, and. Um, yeah, basically, you know, he, Im- he implied that he made her famous and, you know, some other, you know, not safe for work language and he used to describe her. Yeah. Um, and I guess Taylor Swift took offense to that. I mean, there's a big back and forth, he said, she said, on whether or not she knew about the lyrics. Right. And I don't even want to get into that because who knows what's the truth in that situation. Right. But when it came to uh, Taylor Swift winning her award, she actually won Album of the Year again, uh, which is kind of mind-boggling. This woman has won album of the year twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, considering the people out there who have never won album of the year, we, you know, I'm going to yeah. throw it out there first of all. Somebody like Prince, you know, my favorite. <laughs> Prince like, has never won album of the year. Neither has Mariah. Can oh. you believe that? Well. Why? We say well. She was like the best-selling like female artist of the 90s. And she was nominated like three or four times and never won it. Okay. That's pretty like amazing. Right. She was like amazing. She's amazing. Sorry. <laughs> okay. But the point is, there's other people who you, many you impartially or objectively might say <laughs> had better albums of the years in their careers and never won. And Taylor Swift has two already. And can we actually, like, so she won for 1989 yes. this year? Yes. Now, last year, was it the same album? What other no. album did she have out? That she, that she won for album of the year. Oh, I mean, this you know, this is like her fifth or sixth album, so. I know, but I feel I don't like know it was album. the same album. <laughs> no, it wasn't 1989. No, because last year Beck won, so you know how, oh, that's that, right. you know how that went down with Kanye. Oh, and, she didn't win last year, though. No, She won no. the year before. I don't know what year it was. Oh, okay. But yeah, or she, she won another She won another year, you okay. know. Okay, sorry, I was thinking she won last year, and I was like, wait, isn't it the same album? I don't know. It may have been for no, her. No, you're right, Beck won, yeah. It may have been her for her Fearless album, that was her second album, mm-hmm. That that's the one where you know, Kanye stole the, the yeah, Moon the, Man at the yeah. VMAs. It was for that album, maybe. Okay. I don't know, but she's she's got two albums in the years, and um, That's crazy. And it's funny because you know she gave her acceptance speech, and I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna read uh, an excerpt of what she said when she went up on stage. Mm-hmm. She said, "Quote: As the first woman to win Album of the Year at the Grammys twice, I want to say to all the young women out there." There are going to be people along the way who will try to undercut your success or take credit for your accomplishments or your fame. But if you just focus on the work and you don't let those people sidetrack you, someday when you get where you're going, you'll look around and you'll know it was you and the people who love you and put you there. And that would be the greatest feeling in the world. End quote. 
To me, that sounds like that is some <laughs> not so shuttle subtle shuttle, <laughs> not so subtle shade at um that'd be a good like you know mix up a word like subtle shade shuttle, shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> if, if shuttle didn't already have its own definition but uh subtle shade at, at kanye i mean she she basically says there are going to be people along the way who try to undercut your success or take credit for your accomplishment accomplishments or your fame mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she's right i mean people to this day are still saying ludicrous things and erroneous things like Kanye made yeah you know Taylor Swift famous right and she was kind of getting famous before all of that the whole shenanigan here's the thing with Taylor Swift her first album you know I don't know how old she was when her first album came out she was like what, 17 or 18 I don't know something like she was very young her, her first album came out and sold 5 million copies hmm. her second album Fearless is the one where Kanye stole the yeah. trophy and got up on stage right that year, that album sold 7.4 million copies. Wow. She sold a grip load of albums before Kanye, Kanye. came along and said God, that. I wonder how many 1989 has sold then. That's something ridiculous. No, it hasn't sold that many because record sales are down Because now everything's down, Yeah, right? but yeah, she sold about 5 million or so of 1989. But it's like, uh, do, like, people who say that, it's like, no, she was already famous just because Mm -hmm. you didn't know who she was, you know? It's like, it's basically, I mean, I'm going to call a spade a spade, no pun intended, but like (laughs) black people didn't know who Taylor Swift was. I mean, that's what, that's what it is. Yeah, like, that's what it is. That's ta- what it always is. Right, it's like, just because black people didn't know who Taylor Swift was doesn't mean Taylor Swift wasn't famous before. It wasn't like yeah. Kanye came along and then made her famous by mm-hmm. embarrassing her at the MTV Awards. I mean, the right. woman had sold 12 million copies at that point. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much like, <laughs> okay, y'all didn't know who she was. Right. I mean, she was primarily a, a country artist when she first started her right. first couple of albums, and she slowly morphed into being a straight pop star, mm-hmm. but she was known and famous. You don't sell 7 million copies of your second album and, and no one knows who you are. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's the just, bottom line. So she's right in that respect. It's like Kanye didn't arrogance. make her famous, yeah, you know? this is his arrogance talking. I mean, it's usual. typical Kanye, you know, saying things. I, I mean, mm-hmm. but I just hate how people are just running with that fiction like he made her famous, not knowing that, guess what? Taylor Swift has sold more copies of, of her albums than Kanye. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's any... Kanye album that has sold more copies than any Taylor Swift album. Like, I think her lowest selling album still out, has outsold his biggest selling album. <laughs> you know? And that's not a shade to Kanye. It's just saying, it's like, just look. facts. Right. The woman is, is famous. She was famous before you. She's famous after you. I mean, mm-hmm. what you did may have made her more known within certain segments of the music listening public as far right. as, you know, black people or people who don't listen to country music or popular music. But mm-hmm. come on, man. Yeah. She was famous before that. But I mean, another thing, uh, it was funny that some people point, pointed out uh, on Twitter is, you know, she made this point to say in her acceptance as the first woman to win album of the year, then I want to say to all the young women out there, and she, you know, she has this whole, I guess, image of doing the girl power thing and mm-hmm. and squad and squad girls, and, you know, some people mm-hmm. are trying to, uh, you know, label her, label, her, label her as a feminist, mm-hmm. and... But when she went up to go accept this award, 
there were like 10 men standing behind her. Yeah, who were all those people? They were like her writers and producers and people affiliated mm, with her okay. and, and helping make, the, make this okay. album, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. And then it was surprising. There was like a couple of black dudes back there. I'm like, what? I did see that. I'm like, where these black guys come from? <laughs> I trying to get that money. <laughs> I'm, like, that, I'm getting that Taylor Swift money, son. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're like, Keisha Cole ain't paying like that. <laughs> nah. I'm taking these songs to Taylor Swift. But anyway, um, but it's it's funny. It's like for her to be this whole feminist and all this mm-hmm. and that and the other. It's yeah, like she, she has a lot of men working behind her. And the vast majority of them were white men. So yeah, I just found that found that to be interesting. It's not I'm not making a value judgment of Taylor Swift or anything on the quality of her music. I just right. thought that was very interesting considering how a lot of people consider her, you know, this feminist and mm-hmm. and, and talks about these all this girl squad, girl stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah, squad goals. Well, I guess she writes a lot of her own stuff, so No, and she does write her own stuff. It feels but... like she voice. she's she's she all it's needed. Right, yeah, she she's the lone female. She represents females. So right, right. She doesn't need any females in the studio with her. It's she, just her. Yeah, she can hang out with them, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very interesting. Oh, that Kanye being Kanye. Um, so moving on along to the next uh, Grammy topic. We have a lot of Grammy topics, but we're almost done. Um, so we were going to talk about the, <laughs> should we talk about, yeah, let's talk about the whackness that is Pitbull. Yeah, Pitbull. Your favorite person ever. Oh my goodness, Pitbull is so So at ridiculous. this point, like, he closed out the Grammys and I, like, had tuned out of the Grammys after I'd seen, who did I see that I wanted to see and left? Gaga? I saw Gaga, and I saw Adele, and that's all I really wanted to see. So after Gaga performed, yeah, I was done. (laughs) So I didn't see. I just watched the Pitbull performance, actually, on uh, video online. And, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's, I don't know what to say about him. He's. He's just always He's horrible. Around Like now. he's like he is like he is he he's, epitomizes he epitomizes the worst of whack <laughs> bro pump fist fist pumping club music. That's what he is now. And it's funny because he goes from being a guy who was wearing, you know, Tim's and like, yeah. you know, throwbacks and, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff to this guy who wears a tuxedo all the time, <laughs> right. wears sunglasses, looks like Jason Kidd, and he just sings these like, you know, fist pumping anthems that you could hear in like any club in Miami or, you know, any spring break mm-hmm. place or any frat house. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's it's not, I want to say it's sad because <clears throat> I never was a Pitbull Fan. It's just that, like, come on, dude. Like, you just make a crappy music and cashing in, and I'm tired of it. He's not tired of it. He's I know he because he keep clocking them checks, he man. He's making lots of money now I mean, that he's expanded his. I know, and he's like, what? Wow, every year he's on Fox. Every year Fox has yeah. a New Year's Eve thing, and he's hosting it. I'm like, yo, how did he get that? Like, that just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, he's been like, I mean, I figure he was probably performing, and, and then said, now yeah. he's kind of. In, like okay, you can host it. Right, you can host <laughs> like, it. Like what? You know, everyone else gets like someone like you know they're you know there's Ryan Seacrest, there's right. Carson Daly, there's yeah. people who are who host things, mm-hmm. and this one's like you know what? We're just gonna go straight to the source. <laughs> We're just gonna give Pitbull an hour to do his thing, and he gets out there and he performs and sings for the entire hour of the you know New Year's Eve mm-hmm. presentation. I'm like, this is horrible. But yeah, but back to this performance. I mean. The song, it was, I guess it was a new song. I, sure, I, I guess. guess. I don't know. And it was called Taxi. Taxi. 
And but it was sung to the tune of "Murder She Wrote" by Shaka Demas and Plyus. Like who samples that? Like who takes that and Murder says, "I'm going wrote. to take this and go with it"? Murder she wrote. Murder she wrote. Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 Right. So that was a horrible performance. And then what? 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 And, and then what made them think that he could close the show? I I don't know. Like don't know. you're supposed to close the show with like the big stars. You close the show with like the Beyonces, the Justin Timberlakes, the mm-hmm. the Ushers. You know, those are the people that you close the show with. Right. The princes of the world. Right. Like you don't close the show with Pitbull, man. <laughs> you know. I mean, people, like, I read that people actually started leaving, like, their seats and leaving the stadium once once Pitbull came out on stage. I I read that, too. And that's horrible, That is horrible. I was just like, okay, this is done. I mean, they're already tired of being there, so. Right, they've already been there, like, hours. If it's not going to be somebody good, they're out. Right, we're trying trying to hit up these parties. Right. You know, the weekend is throwing a party. I need to go to that. But the worst thing about that performance wasn't wasn't even Pitbull. It was Sofia Vergara. He, I thought you were going to say Robin Thicke. Oh, let's go with Robin Thicke. Yo, <laughs> yo, and I saw Robin... Yo, Robin Thicke was in the audience. Robin Thicke was on stage with Pitbull. I thought we got Robin Thicke out the paint, man. He's still there. He's I thought we got him out the paint, man. his way back. And who was that? Was it... Who said... I don't know. Maybe it was Kim that said that. But someone said on Twitter, like... Yeah, we got him out the paint, but he's just in the corner shooting threes now. <laughs> I don't know who said that. No, just, somebody retweeted. Yeah. Okay, because I saw someone in somebody on Twitter said that, and I'm like, that is man. We got Robin Thicke out the paint because that whole blurred lines he's thing. In the and now he in the corner threes. shooting threes. I'm like, yo, man, we need to get him off the court. <laughs> out the building. Out the building, man. We need we need to get him out. You know. So Robin Thicke was on stage. I'm like, what is Robin Thicke doing here, man? <sighs> I just don't even know. And then, as you mentioned, yes, Sofia Vergara. Was... I was so excited. Like, you weren't watching, but when he <laughs> said, Sofia Vergara, I was like, oh, yeah, son. Sofia Vergara's up in this piece, right? I'm like, yo, Sofia Vergara, let's see what she got. She comes out and she's like the worst dancer. And I'm like, yo, I was so disappointed. Well, she was like moving across the stage, and that had to be difficult, she like was the way like she was moving. Shuffling. I'm like, why are they shuffling her across the stage? Right, that didn't make any like, sense. Like, I didn't understand. I'm like, yo, Sofia why Vergara. Why could they dance together, like actually dance? Like, I don't know. It was just weird. I was like, why are they just, they're just moving her around? Right, yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. The fact that she showed up was weird. And then, like, I mean, Sophia Vergara, the way you look and the way your body looks and the fact that you are from Colombia <laughs> and you can't dance, that is like, it just blows my mind. Like, I'm looking at Sophia Vergara. You just looking at her, you just know that she knows how to move those hips. But I'm saying, like, she was shuffled across. The How can you dance that way? But then like, once she got to where she was going, she kind of just like. But then it was mm-hmm. it. That was it. Then it was the song. <laughs> I, I I say give her another chance. Like it's gotta be. Better. Oh, believe me, if I can see Safari Regard dance again, <laughs> I'll give her another chance. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I'm sure you will. But that was so disappointing. I was like, man, like 
We losing recipes. That's what's going on here, man. If you, if you got a Colombian woman who can't dance, recipes. there's something wrong in the world, man. <laughs> losing recipes. But anyway. You and your fancy lingo. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's move on to the uh, performance uh, uh, that we probably really want to talk about instead of Pitbull is uh, Kendrick Lamar's performance. Um, we gonna be alright. That's all I know. We gonna be alright. <laughs> that gets me hyped. I'm like, yes, we I know, I know. We, right. we all gonna be alright. We gonna be alright. Right. Um, it's like the new black like national anthem. It's like our lift every voice in the city. <laughs> like they're gonna start singing it like Black History Month presentations in black high schools all across the country. <laughs> we gonna be alright. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I thought this was a much needed performance because the Grammys up until that point were so boring and just so like uh all the performances were just like lame and i was ready to just throw in the towel but i believe gaga hadn't performed yet and i really wanted to see that so i was trying to stick it out but yeah this was a great performance and um i'm not even uh, a kendrick fan like that i mean i just don't i don't really i don't really listen to rap anymore because i feel like everybody's lame but i know people have been talking about for you talking for years that he's he's a great performer and stuff and then and and in previous awards he's gotten robbed you know because he's so great and well, I, yeah you and know because really, macabre stole his award right and i and i didn't album. understand because i guess i had only up until that point really heard like one well, do you have soul. to understand to know the macabre beat out kendrick lamar i don't care what you think of kendrick lamar the fact that macabre <laughs> won that rap award should tell you all you needed to know <laughs> he was well, robbed. i didn't even know like macabre that well except for the couple songs he had out that were you know popular and and I didn't this have I didn't have a problem with the them, moment. but yeah, I mean, I wasn't saying that I, I wasn't saying that Kendrick was bad and that he should not have won, you know, whatever. I, I just didn't I just didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know enough personally. I know enough, like whether he should have not won or won or whatever. But um, yeah, so anyway, in general, I'm just not a big rap fan. Like I don't buy rap yeah. music, and I just haven't in forever. So right. I don't follow anybody. I don't. It, unless unless they're named Snoop Dogg. Snoop. Well, Snoop, I used to. These are people I used uh, to follow. Okay. Like, so, like, yeah. Snoop or Jay-Z or Dr. Dre or Eminem. I mean, those are the people. Or Tupac, Biggie, like, old school, like, people from my day. <laughs> the 90s. <laughs> from, from my day. <laughs> the my day, back in my day. Back in my day. <laughs> you know, like... Those people that I grew up with, unless you mention those people, I don't really care who's out there. You know, I don't follow. So anyway, Kendrick, um, his performance was really good. I like the song. It's cool. I felt like it was energetic. Um, yeah, I mean, I like the performance. I like that, you know, white folks in the audience were looking like, oh my God, what like is that, happening? Like that one woman, <laughs> like that, it's a split second when you actually watch it, but someone screen captured it and there's been so many like memes to yeah, it she's... but that one woman i don't know yeah. she's like has this look of like shock and awe right. on her face and my favorite <laughs> my favorite meme was like someone said on twitter he said this woman looks like she's gonna ask to speak to a manager yeah yeah that, that one i saw that's that. the yeah, best yeah, one. Yeah, that the best one and that's exactly what she looked like she was ready to like find somebody and like she wants to file an official complaint <laughs> right exactly but yeah it was it was a great performance um what did you think of it no it was a good performance like it was good i think he i think he ended up doing like a medley of three songs right. and it started off with him 
in you know some another backup dancers in in chains and prison blues and right. like on a chain gang or something and then mm-hmm. you know if you guys haven't seen the performance like yeah totally look it up on youtube youtube it is a really great performance and then it, you know it comes you know eventually like he breaks out of the chains and then he goes to another part of the stage and he's, mm-hmm. he's dancing with other like uh you know like you know traditional like african dancers with you know there's there's fire blazing and there's you know lots of color and Mm -hmm. and joyous and buoyant (laughs) (laughs) dancing and i thought it was good i mean it's kind of representing like you know breaking free of the chains and and going Mm -hmm. back to another culture to our roots and and being free with ourselves Mm -hmm. and you know i thought it was good i mean it was it, it was Definitely a high energy performance. I mean, because right. considering all the other performances were low energy, with the exception of like Pitbull, like right. the, it was good to have like something with high energy and getting yeah. out there and it kind of woke you up. And, yeah. and plus, it had you know the message, you know. I mean, right. that was pretty much a celebration of blackness. And that's what mm-hmm. his album to Pimp a Butterfly was pretty much like a celebration mm-hmm. of blackness. And mm-hmm. you know, and he carried it over well to the stage. And I, and right. I thought it was, I thought it was a good performance. I mean, I'm not really a Kendrick Lamar fan either. You know, I couldn't name two Kendrick Lamar songs. I mean, to be yeah. honest with you, I mean, I, I've heard some, but I, you know, I haven't, you know, really listened to, to, to in any detail to mm-hmm. like tell you, Oh, that's the name of this song. Right. Um, but I thought it was good. I mean, it was definitely it's a good performance and it was good for a rap performance which right. you know would tend to be just like an entourage of 10 dudes on stage jumping up and down <laughs> right. waving towels that's, while yeah. one person raps that's what I was going to say like what really impressed me by it was that it was like I kept just thinking two words performance art like it was right so, exactly it was a performance it art it was like and it was just a real performance with like a real like setup it was like stage presence it was like okay this brother put something together Together and like he kind of acted almost, you know, with him going from yeah. one set, you know, like one scene to the next. And I was like, this is dope. Like, you know, I, I don't think any rapper has ever done that. Like, I can't even think of. I can't think of any, but I'm sure it's been done top, before. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, I mean, there's some good creative groups yeah. that have done stuff. I just can't think of any right off the top of my like, head. From way back in the day, probably. But yeah, like this was just so, I was so impressed with that and I didn't expect that I don't know I just thought you know like most rappers just get out there you just rap and yeah you might have a one or five hype dudes you know in the background but that's kind of what I thought you know was gonna happen but this was just beyond all my expectations I mean this made me actually want to like go like listen to the CD so yeah I thought it was a really really great performance and yeah like you said there was a message to it and um you know I think that was just you know just excellent just excellent, huh? It was just excellent. Mm-hmm. And one interesting thing about that performance uh, was it was, <clears throat> I guess it, it it capped off like a week of of black power mm-hmm. in in nationally televised musical performances. Because mm-hmm. the week before at the Super Bowl, Beyonce performed her formation song at halftime, and that was another you know, song or presentation that was like a celebration of blackness. Right. So it was, it was like, we just all black up in here, know, you know, all black everything. Black history month so far, as far as that goes, right? <laughs> yeah, and it was just interesting. I know some people make comments about, you know, whether or not Kendrick Lamar is going to get the same backlash as Beyonce, and mm-hmm. if not, 
why not? I mean, some people think it would be you know, obviously just sexism, and mm. you know, I mean, I think there's a number of reasons for why he won't get the same kind of backlash for his performance. I mean, he's still going to get backlash, but I guess right. it's not. It won't be as you know too severe. As severe as, as that that Beyonce experience, but mm-hmm. I just thought it was it was interesting how you know people are getting you know quote unquote blacker. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess and you know and that, that just reminds me of D'Angelo's performance on Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right. last year, where uh, it was sort of the same thing when he did um, the charade mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live, and then you know have, I think they had a chalk outline. Right. On the ground, and they then they were, did that hands up, don't shoot yeah. uh, pose, were and they something like that. Black Lives Matter shirts, too, maybe something like that. And I just like, I just find it great that like you know, black artists are using their platforms on nationally yes, televised shows good. to like bring these issues to light. And like, I'm just not gonna sit up here and sing a song. I'm gonna do something else to bring, you know, right. bring attention to a, a, the certain cause. Right. Yeah. No, I I totally like that. And I, I guess I'm one of those people that likes that. I don't. Um, you know, there's some people who don't like that. Like, a lot of white people obviously don't like that. But, like, you know, there are other people, I'm sure, a lot of black people who want to, who don't want their artists, their musicians, or whatever, to get involved in, like, you know, the the, the social justice issues going on. Um, oh, you know what I call those people? What? Idiots. <laughs> I know. I was trying to come up with something. But I was like, um, idiots. <laughs> no, because I just think it's like, I mean, it's art. Like, I mean, there's plenty of times of art has has shaped society and mm-hmm. informed society, and also mm-hmm. art. You know, say art is a reflection of society. So mm-hmm. why can't art be used to shape society as well if it's a reflection? And then they, you know, people. I think artists should use their platform to bring attention to causes and issues that they care yeah. about and things I mean, like that. I mean, they're in this world too. That's what I never understood about people who who say like, oh, certain people shouldn't talk, like the athletes or musicians or whatever, like creative people or, you know, people who just, you know, whatever, do things that don't involve, you know, politics or dealing with social justice issues, like, you know, that they shouldn't get involved in those things, that they shouldn't speak out about those things. But I'm like, but they live in this country too. And obviously they have you know, uh, opinions and thoughts about well, people, what's going on. See, people so only so say that. I mean, I, this is not something I thought about a lot lately, you know, especially, and it comes up especially with athletes. If athletes oh, say yeah. something, I mean, came up with the Miami Heat when they wore hoodies for, mm-hmm. you know, Trayvon Martin a couple of years ago. Clippers. And, and the Clippers, too. Mm-hmm. I, it's pretty much, people say they don't want to hear like you know athletes or celebrities politics you know i just want you to like you know just play basketball right. or football i don't want to hear about your politics the pe- those people only say that when they don't agree with that that celebrity's Ex- politics exactly. they only say that right. you know it's like if it's like a, a deeply conservative person they're going to say well i don't care what you know i don't care what john legend has to say you know who cares that he cares about mm-hmm. you know these issues but if it was Ted Nugent, you know, he'll be all up on Ted Nugent. Like, oh, yeah, I love that Ted yeah. I love it when he gets out there and he talks about how this country's going down. Right, yeah. And, you know, things like that. So it's like people only say that when they don't agree with that particular person's politics. Right. And that's And that's the hypocrisy of it all. It's like... Mm-hmm. Always. I... I I think people should speak out as celebrities. I think they should. I mean, mm-hmm. whether or not I agree with what they have to say is another matter. And, then, and, what, and how they, you know, how they address that issue and argue their point... 
my color how I feel about that person. <laughs> you know, even like even if I don't agree, but if they make a good point and they're cogent in their point and mm-hmm. like, you know, it makes sense from their perspective, then like, okay, cool, well, that's how he feels. I don't agree. Mm-hmm. You know, versus someone who's like, you know, even people I agree with, like if they if they do a terrible job of making their point, you mm-hmm. know, they do a terrible job of making a point and, but I agree with them, I'm like, man, just shut up. Like, right. you're not doing yeah. yourself any favors no. because you sound like a complete idiot yeah, trying yeah. to make this point. Yeah, if you can make an articulate <laughs> point about it, I mean, obviously, like, you know, if, even if you disagree like you, you feel like okay but yeah I always feel like people uh, just get really up in arms about when you know again celebrities or anybody that's not in that particular space like uh, you know it's like well like more than half of America is not in uh, politics or it you know doing anything for like civil rights or human rights I mean we're all not in the business right. of, of these certain areas but yet we speak out all the time so I mean I, I just don't understand that and yeah, and it was like this. Um, one of the hosts on the View, uh, when the whole Beyonce after the whole Beyonce performance, you know, she was very adamant saying that she didn't feel comfortable with her, you know, making that statement about you know black power or whatever at the Super Bowl. That it wasn't the time or the place, and. I was just like, but okay, first of all, what was so funny, and obviously we also heard Rudy Giuliani speaking out about the performance as well, and I thought it was so funny because I was just like, you know, you could barely kind of like understand the words and hear the words. Like, I knew the words because I saw the video the night before or the day before, whatever. But like, I was thinking like at the Super Bowl, like there's so much going on, right? And like, I totally missed the whole like... They got in the X formation. Like, I missed that completely. I guess I just want to admit But, like, as far as the words, I'm just like, how could anybody understand anybody they, they saying, the, you know? the problem is black people are threatened by black imagery. And that's black the, people? No, white people are threatened oh, by black, black imagery. <laughs> Some black people, too. <laughs> that's true. Ben Carson, yeah. Clarence Thomas, for example. <laughs> but white people are threatened by black imagery. And just right. the image of these black women with afros mm-hmm. and afro puffs wearing black hats right, and these course. black leather jackets, walking around in, in these boots and shoes or whatever right. they were wearing, that was too much for them. Too like, whoa, much. what's going on what here? What are you doing with whoa, this Whoa, this is too black for me. Yeah. Like, and, that, and that was the problem. It had nothing to do with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. They don't know the lyrics, you know? Right, exactly. It's like, and quite honestly, the lyrics are trash. It's a, it's a terrible song. But I do appreciate what she's trying to do with her imagery of the video and, sure, and things I, that she showed there. Yeah. But the song itself is, is is not a particularly good song. But I know for a fact that all those people who complained, they had no idea what she was saying yeah, in those lyrics. Exactly. They, they don't know they about... They hadn't seen the video. They hadn't seen the video. They don't right. know about hot sauce in the bag or right. taking your man a red lobster yeah, or Negro nose like the Jackson 5. They don't know any of that stuff. Yeah. You know, They didn't hear all that stuff. All mm-hmm. they saw was these black women with afros walking around and that was just right. too much for them yeah they just could not handle that yeah so anyway yeah um that was um our grammy wrap-up pretty much wow you uh, just you just ended that huh <laughs> i did i mean i didn't have any more to say about it i mean yeah no yeah about the song i mean the song um about Beyonce's song. Yeah, I mean, or, well, we were talking more so about the backlash, you know, yeah. whether, you know, Kendrick will get the same backlash or not. Um, I, I mean, that remains to be seen. I haven't heard anything yet, really. Yeah, I mean, you probably uh-huh. won't just because of, of, of various reasons. I mean, I, I, quite honestly, I don't even have the energy to go into <laughs> into that right now. <laughs> right. Because I don't care that, that much about it. I mean, I they did their thing. They mm-hmm. they They spoke truth to power. 
through imagery and, and performance, and I'm not mad at them for that. So, uh, hey, I mean, more mm-hmm. more power to them. But, um, yeah, I mean, we can... That's pretty much the Grammys this yeah. year. It was... It was... It was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> but one thing we could talk about is, is what you and I did this past weekend. Yes, for Valentine's. Yes, Valentine's Day. <laughs> we went to... New York. Yay, we our, old, our old stomping grounds. our old stomping grounds. Oh, and stand immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's from the moment we stepped off the train and into, like, Penn Station, I was like, oh, my, oh God, my like, God, I can't stand this city. <laughs> the worst. I know. But anyway, but we went to New York, and we went to go see uh, the Maxwell concert. Yes, at, Maxwell. At Barclay Center with Nas and Emily Sande. Yes, it was... Um... An interesting lineup um, to start off with. I mean, Emily Sunday, um, you know, I only know really one of her songs. And if you don't know who she is, Google her. Um, but yeah. I and, would... and this is how you spell it because I know if you do Emily Sunday, you might not get it. It's right. E M E L I S A N D E. Yes. Sunday, so, yeah. Google her. She has a great voice, um, actually. She's a really great singer. Um, and she, she did have a popular song. Wasn't song in a commercial I feel like all these songs are always a commercial nowadays <laughs> I feel like that's how she kind of started yeah, getting a little buzz some commercial yeah but she hasn't Something. broken through that yeah though. she hasn't really broken she's through she's British but... and yeah she yeah She's one of the one of those British artists that just can't really break through. There's so many of them that can't break through here. I think yeah. of people like Rita Ora and like Jesse J, like people who like you you keep seeing them places mm-hmm. like on award shows and, and songs and commercials and things like that. But then you just they just don't just break don't through break and through. have like a hit album or really a hit song that really yeah. goes places. Well, maybe they'll keep going. I don't know. Like Rita Ora, I feel like I have barely even heard her sing. Jesse J, I think is great. She's a great great. Voice and she did have that one big song, um, Bang Bang, with um, Ariana Grande and Nicki Minaj. Um, but yeah, anyway, yes, there are some of those people who just can't seem to break through. And Emily Sunday is probably one of them, but she's she's got a great voice, so maybe if she keeps plugging away, she'll she'll get something. I don't know, but yeah, then so there was she opened the show, and the show, let me start off by saying the show, uh, we went to um, the show was uh, oh my gosh at uh, Barclays in Brooklyn. So, um, BK stand up big, big, I was surprised it was there. I was just like, wow, we're going to sell this out. Hmm. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, so Emily opened right on time. They started the concert right on time. Emily Sunday started at 7.59. It was amazing. I was like, I have never been to a concert ever that started on time like that. So that was awesome. That was awesome. And she did, what, a 30-minute set, right? 30-minute set. She was done at 8.30. At done at 8.30, boom. And then they set up for Nas. And that was another half hour to set up his stage for him. Him, and then and he then started at nine. He started at nine, right on time. And then, yeah, he did an hour, correct? And then yes. uh, they set up for um, Maxwell. Maxwell. That took a half hour. Yeah. Then he started at 10 30. And ended at 12. And ended at 12. It was like the most on time, like strict scheduled <laughs> performances I've ever seen in my life. Definitely. But, yeah, so Emily was good. Um, although the women sitting behind us did not appreciate her performance. <laughs> I didn't hear what they. I didn't hear anything what they said about Emily Sunday. Oh, you didn't hear what they said. I, I so there were these attention. two uh, women sitting behind us, and um, I was really, really trying. After listening to a lot of their conversation, I was really trying to figure out how old they were, and I and I I feel they are like probably 
under 30, under the age of 30. But I'll get into that later because their conversation was funny. But um, what's going to say? Nas, he performed. Now, again, we've already talked about my whole, like, not into rap that much. Right, but I'm right, into pop. Right. Anything that's popular, you know, I can get down with. And, you know, Nas is obviously old school, you know, from back in the day. And anything that was popular with Nas, I, I liked, you know, and... So that's all I knew. Any of the popular songs he sang, <laughs> that's all I knew. I didn't know any of the rest of his stuff because I am not a rap follower. So, yeah, I know. Shame on me for not being a Nas fan, but what can I say? Um, yeah, so I personally, I was kind of like, okay, can we get Nas off the stage? Because <laughs> I was just ready to see Maxwell. And can I just say this first? Yeah. It was just such a weird, like, why is Nas here? This is like supposed to be Valentine's Day and romantic. And here he is like rapping I and know. in between his songs. You know, he's talking to the audience like, I'm glad y'all here. And, you know, how you doing? And all this stuff. And he starts talking and he's swearing. And But look, in I his defense, like, in, in Nas's defense. Yes. He wore a tuxedo. He did wear a tuxedo. <laughs> he dressed up for the occasion. So in was, his defense, he was being romantic then. He he dressed up. And he for did the hand occasion. out roses to the women, didn't yes, he, he? At the he, front he, row. Yeah, he whatever. handed, out, he some handed roses, out some roses. So that was very That's what that's what we call a thugs <laughs> Valentine. <laughs> it was thuggish. It was the most thuggish Valentine's <laughs> that you've been a part of. I've ever been a part of. But yes, I so personally, you know, he did well. You know, if I were in the mood for a rap concert, I mean, I thought it was good. Right. It yeah. was good. He was hype, he was exciting, you know, I you know, I was in I was I would have been into it if I were in the mood to hear rap and 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 the N bomb dropped a few times and other curse words, but I was not yes. <laughs> That's funny because I never heard it called the N bomb before. It's well, you know, F bomb. Yeah, well yeah, or F bomb, but it's in people say N word, you know, not N bomb. Like it's an explosion, <laughs> you know. It's like an explosion of blackness all over you. <laughs> Well, there's like some like you know hair grease and some you know other products mm-hmm. when it's the M bomb blowing up. No, fine N word, whatever. <laughs> any Anyways, any, any so, of it, yeah. Yeah. So then Maxwell came out and um, and he was wonderful. This is my first time seeing Maxwell. Um, Stephen has seen him a few other. Are you times. gonna let me talk about Nas or? or, or I was trying or to talk about everything about me first, and then you can talk about you. Okay, go ahead, talk about you. About what I thought. I was trying to share what I thought about the show. All right, go right ahead. In, in full. All right, in full. <laughs> so I thought um, Maxwell did really well, and um, this is my first time seeing him in concert, so I was very excited, as I am um, a big. I'm not a huge, like, Donald Trump huge. No, he's huge. Huge huge. Maxwell fan. But I am a big fan. I do have his CDs. Like, yes, I I do love me some Maxwell. And, um, yeah, I thought he did well. Um, But as I shared later um, with Steven, my only disappointment with him was that, like, he rearranged some of his songs. Well, like, every song that he sang except for the two. He did two new songs, which was fun. Um, but yeah, he, like all the songs that he sang that, you know, we were all familiar with as an audience, he like kind of went into them in you know, in a different way they were rearranged. And I was just kind of like, what is he about to sing? Like every song, I didn't know what was happening. And then, you know, he got into it and it's like, oh, it's this song. And then, you know, the original music kind of started at some point and, but it was just, it was just a weird arrangement of his songs. And so I wasn't really excited because, you know, I hadn't seen him before in concert. And so, you know, you want to hear some familiarity with songs. And um, 
you know, so that was kind of a little let down for me. But other than that, I mean, he sounded phenomenal. I mean, he just, I mean, I love his voice and he sounded really great in concert. But I'll keep talking. I'll let you jump in now. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to jump in. <laughs> and I'm going to go back to Nas because, okay, yes, sure. go back it Nas. was random that Nas was part of this concert. <laughs> so random. Like, it was this. It was just weird, and and you know I could say back in the day I was like a Nas fan. I mean, yeah, you but, were singing along. Yeah, because but I don't really know any Nas songs post like ninety eight, yeah, ninety nine. Sure. Like you know, I had his first three albums. I had Illmatic. Uh, it was written, and then whatever one came after. <laughs> I don't know whichever one that was, but no, I I you know I was like a, a Nas fan, but then. Yeah, but I'm pretty much, but only the, the first three albums. I mean, after that, like I didn't really, I didn't know many Nas songs that they performed. I mean, mm-hmm. he he did, you know, stuff from Illmatic. So he did, uh, you know, New York State of Mind and Ain't Hard to Tell. Um, and then the second album, he did like Street Dreams. He did mm-hmm. uh, If I Ruled the World. That's my jam. Yeah, he did Hate Me Now. Mm-hmm. But what did surprise me that he did Uchi Wally, and I'm like, come on, Nas. First, I mean, Uchi, Uchi Wally, man. He did, like, a snippet. Uh, but he did more Uchi Wally that should have been done. I mean, <laughs> that was, like, the ultimate, like, what are you doing, Nas? Come on, man. <laughs> that's the ultimate. Th- that song, right, like, it was, like, that's not that's not a song he should have ever made. And I know it wasn't really his song. It was, like, you know, he was, like, a group Whose type song. song. was that? I like, Cameron's song? No, it wasn't no. Cameron. It was, like, like, his boys or something like that. But that's, like, oh. you know, it's kind of, like, like, when Eminem does stuff with D12. D12. It was yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of those type deals. Right. And I'm like, dude, like, ooh, Wally Wally. And he started playing. I'm like, come on. I just I just thought that was just, especially for it being a Valentine's concert. Like, <laughs> that's not the appropriate song that you want to be performing at a Valentine's concert. You His know? whole performance was not appropriate for He wasn't even Yeah, but that one, But that <laughs> one is even worse because it was talking about, like, he really, really worked my body. He really, really... Well, Getting folks in the mood. Uh, anyway, so that was that was weird, um, but you know it was whatever. I mean, he, he put on a good, sh- you know, for what it was worth, it was all yeah, right. Yeah, it, it was all right. Yeah, you know, like you said, it's just a matter of just needing to be in the mood for like a, a hip hop concert. Yeah, and, and that wasn't really the case for Valentine's Day. And then you know, <laughs> then not you know, Maxwell came out and he mm-hmm. performed, and you know, I agree with you about the you know the arrangements he did. This is a First time in in five years that Maxwell's performed in New York, mm-hmm. and it's been seven years since his last album. Mm-hmm. So he's been he's been pretty low key the last few years. Yeah. Uh, and so for this to be like kind of like a coming out party and or a come and like a comeback event because he said he's going to be back in MSG later on in the summer. Right. Uh, he also announced you know earlier in the uh, you know in the interview mm-hmm. that his this, his new album is going to be coming out. Mm-hmm in the summer as well or, or later this year so it's kind of yeah. like okay he's making a comeback people are getting familiar with him again mm-hmm. and even though this was like a one-off show it wasn't part of any you know uh definite tour i just think that for the songs that he performed he should have he should have stuck close stuck closer to the 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 album recordings with respect to arrangements only because it's been so long since he had performed right and like since you've gone that long since you know performing for fans I think you have to 
you have to give them comfort music yeah. in a sense that you have to give them what's familiar, what they know mm-hmm. to kind of get them into it. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like he's someone who's been on tour every year and he's always on tour. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's like, okay, when well, I'm going to start switching it up now, it's like, dude, no one's heard from you in like five, six years. You right, know, right. you probably should like stick to what they know. And it kind of reminds me of, of what, you know, I read an article a couple of years ago when Outkast did their, their comeback tour and then did all those festivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Prince talked to Andre 3000. Andre 3000 called Prince and Prince told him, like, I know you want to do what you, you know what you want to do because, you know, Andre's all out there now with his artistic endeavors. Mm-hmm. Prince told him, like, you performing for these folks. He's like, you got to give them what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, Prince has been in the game 40 years performing, 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 performing and he, he's, he told him, like, look, when you get on stage, you have 20, 30,000 people people you have to give them what they want what they expect you got to play the hits you know you got to do a lot for them and a little for you Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's what Maxwell should have done and and because for me I you know I'm a big Maxwell fan this is my fourth Maxwell concert and I have all the albums and you know I bought the first album like the first week it came out back in 96 Mm -hmm. went to Warehouse Records and on uh (laughs) (laughs) Warehouse was on what 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 speed is that not South U. South U, Warehouse Records from South U. Got Urban Hang Suite for six ninety nine when <laughs> when albums were used to be twelve ninety nine, so that was kinda awesome. So I'm a big Maxwell fan and and I knew all the songs with the exception of the two new songs that he mm-hmm. played, but they weren't all hits either. It's because I knew yeah. them because I know the albums. But I knew all songs. Yeah, 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 but I'm saying but more casual fans probably Probably wouldn't, yeah. Probably wouldn't have. Because so, I felt like that one he did from Embryo, I felt like people were like... Mm. Drown Deep Hula? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like some people were like... Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And I, I think when you have a situation where you have, you know, slightly unfamiliar songs mm-hmm. or or less popular songs combined with unfamiliar arrangements, yeah. it's a recipe for a, a disengaged audience. Yeah, and that's what I felt like people were getting. Like, I even I was, I knew all the songs, but I didn't like the arrangements, but I was getting tired. Like, I was getting sleepy. Because he was doing some, he was doing, like, the slowest songs. Yeah, he like, didn't, he didn't, he didn't, like, did he even do, well, he did, he did Ascension, didn't he? Yeah. yeah he did that. Like, his other more upbeat songs that he didn't do. You know, he did all the, the downbeat, mm-hmm. slow tempo songs. He did, we can do a little something, something. But the arrangement was slower, correct? Right. Like, no, it, was it wasn't, because that would have been, like, a little upbeat to do, but I feel like, yeah, that was Yeah, he, he slowed down slower, something, something. But it was just weird. Um, yeah. So, I can't remember what else he did that was upbeat. Like, it was... Yeah, he so yeah. slow. A lot of it was so slow. He didn't do cops come knocking. Well, that's a slow one though. But yeah, no, that he didn't have to do that. Whatever. If you're complaining about him being slow, then that's definitely a song he shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's slow. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, I guess I it's slow. Think about it. I haven't heard it in so long, but yeah, I guess it's slow. So I mean, for me, it was a the concert was a slight disappointment. Um, like I said, it was the fourth time I've seen Maxwell, and that was probably like the worst performance but not saying it was a bad performance because he's still really good he has a great straight stage presence yeah his and, stage presence was great you know he knows what he's doing he out there he's out a seasoned pro well like he started off well and i can't remember what song he started off with but he started off well 
And then it got really slow, and I was really sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> It really okay. slowed it down. I mean, especially after having two opening acts already and not getting started until 1030 at yeah, night it was, on a Sunday. It's like, yeah. he, he could have brought more energy. But he said during the show, that he said we're kind of like making this Make up. Make it up as we went and, along. So yeah. I just think it's, you know, he's just using these shows as like a shakedown period of kind of just mm-hmm. figuring out what they want to do when he finally decides to go on tour. And, and hopefully, you know, he'll look back at this performance and then you know recalibrate say you know what yeah this didn't quite work the way i wanted to let's let's you know switch the arrangement on this let's switch this song with this uh i figure that's what they're going to do Mm -hmm. uh when it comes to like you know doing a proper tour or more performances later in the year yeah um and i think we mentioned uh briefly the two new songs he did i don't Mm -hmm. remember the names of them but one of them was from the birth of a nation soundtrack it's called rose rose uh from nate parker's movie he's you know, Maxwell's tweeted about him, and and Maxwell did the the soundtrack for that album whenever that comes out, which is going to be interesting. And the other song was from the new Black Summers Night <laughs> album. The, the, I think it was called Just Us. Just I think it was Just Us. Yeah. Yeah. So the Black Summers Night album, because you know the one in two thousand nine was black. Do you think he's going to stick night. with that? It's been so long. I think he said it in that interview, it's going to be it's going to be Black Summers Night. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, he like I said, we he sounded amazing. Like I mean, his um, yeah, voice was definitely on point. Like I thought it was great. I mean, he sound you know, I love to go and hear you know how an artist sounds. You know, uh, if they sound CD quality and you know right. he he sounded CD. Yeah, quality. yeah, he, he can definitely sing. There's that no, there's just no kind doubt of about that. made it. Yeah, he can definitely sing. That just made it. You know, I just love just hearing him. You know, but yeah, just a little bit disappointed in some of the song arrangements. But I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't horrible. You know, like I still gave that concert like an eight out of ten. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still it was very it was good. Maybe even eight and a half out of oh, ten. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean it was still good, but yeah, it was like um because he had good great stage presence and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it, it was. I wish like the con. I wish there was just. I wish there was no Nas because it would have been nice if he started earlier. Right. Because yeah. it was getting. You know, I mean, we all know Nas or not Nas. We know Maxwell's music. I mean, I think yeah, we the, all do. It's it's chill music. It's kind of relaxing. They were and they were very very incompatible as far as as musical style mm-hmm. um, types of songs, and it just didn't make any sense for yeah. for those two to get to to get together. You know, yeah. Because Maxwell is like straight R and B. He's not. Yeah. He's not even that. Hip hop R and B like you know straight up R and B you know not like he's not like Usher or or, or Chris Brown or anything where it's more of like a little a lot of hip hop elements no he's straight up R and B yes you know but one thing was was nice that he had on stage with him performing in his band he had Stuart uh, Stuart Matthewman who you know is you know in Sade and he's uh, produced Maxwell's first two albums and he also had Hod David. Who's produced Maxwell's last last two albums, <laughs> and you know he's his his current singer, uh, his current writing collaborator, and so they were both in the band as part of the show. So that that gives me hope that the new album is, is probably going to contain contributions from both of them, which is mm-hmm. which bodes well for for the new album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I'm excited for it. But let's talk about one thing in general, like because this is the first concert we've been to in a while, mm-hmm. and one thing that that was that struck me that was very surprising was after Nas ended his set at uh, ten o'clock, people left. 
Right. People left. Like, you know, there was like a mad kind of, yeah, like dash for the exits. Right. And, and it wasn't like people were just going to the bathroom because people were taking their coats. People were taking their coats and purses and stuff. And it was like, wow. And yeah, like I hadn't noticed it. And then I guess as I was sitting there and, and getting back into <laughs> listening to the two girls or women that were sitting behind us, I started um, realizing because they were saying like, wow, are people leaving? And and I started looking at people leaving and I was like, wow, people do have their coats and purses and everything right. and coat, coats on. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, wait a minute. So you people paid all this money just to see Nas? Right. Like I, I bought tickets to that concert to see Maxwell. To me, Nas was like kind of like the A bonus. bonus. Right, you know? for real. But, yeah. but I really wanted to see Maxwell. There were actually people who's like, man, after this Nas set, I'm going home, man. <laughs> I'm like, really? Like you do know like Maxwell's the headliner, right? Right. <laughs> I don't think people, I don't know if people realize that. But yeah, maybe some people bought tickets to see Nas. And that was the oddest thing. And like, and I don't think I've ever left a concert early in my life. Considering how much money you spend on concerts yeah. and the effort it takes to get Especially to them. you're sitting down. Like, there are people in the good seats. Right. Leaving. Leaving. I'm like, yo, leaving. man. I, I usually stay for concerts for the whole time, yeah. you know? And I was just, just shocked that people left after Nas. Like, they didn't want to see Maxwell. Like, nah, we don't want to see him. Yeah, that was just really odd. And then even once Maxwell started, I feel like after two songs, more people left. Which is, yeah, so Yeah, like, weird. okay. Are you people, like, not Maxwell fans? And why did you come here? You yeah, know? like, that's weird. And another thing, it's like, and I felt like a lot of people, you know, and it, you could say part of it is because of the new arrangements, but a lot of people didn't know the songs. Yeah. You know, like, I I just find it weird, because when I go to concerts to see people, I go see people I want to see. Mm-hmm. People who I know their songs, I know their discography, mm-hmm. I know about them. Mm-hmm. So when I go, like, I can enjoy it, like, oh, I know this song. I can sing along. Well, in my case, kind of, like, mouth mm-hmm. mouth along the lyrics right. because, you know, I can't sing a lick. And it's just weird. It's like, you know, people came to see Maxwell and they're spending this money and they don't know any, like, Maxwell songs. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, we heard the people, you know, the two ladies that are behind us and, a, and another guy who, who wasn't with them, but he just started talking to them, you know, just, like, passing off, like, misinformation about, like, mm-hmm. Maxwell and, like, you know. Yeah. I'm like... What did he say about, like, he said that... Well, first of all, he said, like... He was, he was like, well, Sade's band, you know, Sade's band did the first album. I'm like, uh, no. Stuart Matthewman did the first album, who's in Sade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, co-produced and co-wrote it with Maxwell, but it wasn't Sade's band. And then right. he said... Oh, he said some other things that was like just complete. What did he say about Jaheem? Didn't he say something about oh, like? Oh <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's talking about like other artists. You know, he was just saying like he liked Maxwell, but he's like, but he says there's other people. You know, Maxwell. He said Maxwell works really hard. You know, you know he's he he works hard. He's a good worker. And like <laughs> you know some of these other cats out here, you know they don't they don't put in the effort. You know, I look at someone like Jaheem. He's like I like Jaheem. You know, if Jaheem like put in the effort, you know he'd be on the same level as Maxwell. And I just went, <laughs> like, did you say, did he, did he just say Jaheem? <laughs> Jaheem of the purple leprechaun suit at Whitney's wedding, Jaheem, <laughs> could be on the same level as Maxwell? And now, this isn't to, to disparage Jaheem's talents as a singer <laughs> right. or songwriter. Because you know, that's my dad's boy. That's your boy. That, Jaheem, makes, <laughs> Jaheem makes music for old people. <laughs> my dad loves Jaheem. Jaheem is like the young Charlie <laughs> Wilson, you know? 
Like him and Charlie Wilson, basically same guy. They should they should do a duet album, man. <laughs> Every time one of Jaheem's songs come on, you're like, is that Charlie Wilson? <laughs> I can never like, tell the difference. Every time I hear a Charlie Wilson song, I think it's Jaheim. And when like, I hear a no. Jaheim song, I think it's Charlie Wilson. <laughs> so hilarious. That, but, but that wasn't even the, the worst thing that got, that guy said. Like when they started talking, when he started talking with those girls, like he started sell, telling them what concerts and stuff they should see. And oh, he yeah. talked about seeing, you got to see Tank in concert because Tank. Yeah, he, yeah. He's good. He's, you gotta see Tank. Gotta see Jaheim. He was really adamant about Tank. I'm like, really? Because like... it's funny because like, they asked him, he was like, you know, they're trying to figure out who he was talking about. And then he's talking about in the group, you know, whatever, TGT. And then he was mm-hmm. like, they were like, Tyrese? They were like, no, no. And they were like, Genuine? No, no. Tank? Yeah, Tank. Tank's the one you gotta see. He's like, Tank, Jaheim. Like, all the people he was name checking. And I was like, Okay, I see what your what your taste in music is. All right. right, but then but then he had the nerve to say that like Maxwell wasn't a good singer, and I'm like, yo. And then I'm like, well, why are you here? Like, why spend money for somebody that you don't think is a good singer? I mean, I'm like, I mean, I'm not saying Maxwell's the best singer, but he's pretty he's good. Pretty, he's pretty up there. He could sing well. He could sing live, and he just said it like he just was a good singer. It wasn't that he just said he was a good singer. He he said he wasn't a good singer, and then he goes on and like name check people like Jaheem, like right and Tank, who I think Jaheem, I. I like Jaheem's voice, but I like Maxwell way better. But yeah, I mean, it's not like Tank or Jaheem can't sing, but I'm just like, really? Like, you're comparing Maxwell to them? <laughs> it's just a whole different... I don't know. I I put people in categories and they... Tank and Jaheem are like the same person to me. That's just my feeling. Oh, and yeah. They, they, I mean, they Tank, have Jaheem voices. and Charlie Wilson, man. Yeah. They, they should like form like a... Like a, 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 like a a group, a group of three. <laughs> yeah, they should. They, they, they should call them the voices. gapless band. Oh. Where it's like there's no gaps between them because they're all the same dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what they should be, man. Charlie Wilson and the gapless band, man. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I just put people in these different categories of singing and everybody, because everybody has different voices, duh. Like, you know, so, I mean, Maxwell's voice, I prefer Maxwell's voice over those people <laughs> um, because I like that falsetto. I like that you know, that raspiness in his voice, you mm-hmm. know, so I, I like that. But yeah, I mean, it's not to say those other people can't sing. It's just, I was just like, wow, like these aren't even, it's like I wouldn't compare like Maxwell to even Genuine, you know, like those are like two, diff- or Tyrese, like, I mean, I could, I could go on forever for this, but this is a different style, but it was just hilarious listening to this guy, like talk to these girls and they were, oh, you know, I was trying to figure out like how old these girls were and I'm totally getting off on a tangent, but it was it was shocking to both Stephen and I listening to these girls because they um, clearly were younger than us, and it, it it was interesting hearing their take on music, and like for instance Emily Sande. Now you didn't hear this, but after Emily got off stage, they were just like, "Oh, thank God! Like get off the stage!" Like her stage presence was just horrible, and like really? she was just bad. Huh. And and they brought it up again later on, like. In between Nas's, uh, like, before they started talking to that guy again, they were just saying, like, yeah, like, some people just can't perform. Like, that girl, like, she just needs to get some stage presence and, like, maybe she could do better. And I was just like, really? Because Emily has an amazing voice and there are a lot of people who just kind of, like, I don't want to say stand around and sing, but that's what they do. They're not, like, going to dance and put on a whole, like, show or whatever you know i mean there's so many singers but i started thinking i was like is this the beyonce effect where 
young, you know, people think that everybody should get up and like do a whole full out like dance number with dancers and just like, you know, whatever. And if that's they pretty, don't, they suck. Maybe that's because what they're expecting. Maybe they're expecting a the wind machine wind on her on her weave and, and then yeah, bodysuit and then and, aping like Tina Turner routines. Maybe that's what they're expecting. I don't know, but I'm like everybody doesn't you know, give you this like entertainment like value. You know, the same entertainment value. They're entertaining to whatever degree that they. It's a different different crowd, and she sings different music. Yeah, she doesn't have to like run around the stage. Yeah, she has to like she has to be able to stand there and sing, and then engage the crowd. Uh, She has to you know make eye contact with people. She has to move around a little. She doesn't have to go up there Mm -hmm. and then you know do handstands. And I thought she was moving around fine. I thought she was doing fine. Yeah, she was comfortable on the stage. Yeah, she was very comfortable. I've seen people who had bad stage presence before. And right, and she wasn't the, one of them. She wasn't one of them. No, like she wasn't. Yeah, it was so weird. So anyway, yeah, just listening to this girls like just talk about music, and then at some point they asked the guy like, "So how old is Nas?" And that's when I wanted to fall on oh, my chair my when they asked how old Nas was. So I was like, "Oh!" Like, and here I was thinking they were at least thirty, maybe, because they were talking about Sade and wanting to see Sade at some point. And I was like, "Okay, well, they, they got to be young because Sade was just there in two thousand ten." Or 2011 when we went. Mm-hmm. Remember we went. To, we saw right, yeah, we yeah. saw Sade at the Prudential Center. Well, I was thinking like anybody that knows Sade is at least of, like late. I was thinking, oh, maybe they're like late 20s, early 30s. Right. And then when they dropped that Nas bomb, like asking like <laughs> how old he was, right, I'm like, oh, you didn't grow up with Nas, so you right exactly. Because if you grew up with Nas, you would know like at the very least like hmm, you could what, guess his age. Right could, when Nas came out in like you know the mm-hmm. the mid 90s, early 90s, right. Hmm, that was like 25 years ago. Right, you can put so, it together. So he's probably in his like 40s. Right. You know, he would come up with that. And they weren't coming up with anything. They weren't. They, they didn't weren't. even try to come up with anything, right. which leads me to believe that they had to be younger than probably 25, I think. Maybe 20, maybe 25 I don't at know. least. But it was, I was just like, at that point I was like, oh God, they don't know anything about me. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, just listening to young people talk about music is, is sad. It's depressing. Yeah, they just they just don't know. Yeah. They just don't know. But anyway, we've talked your ears off tonight. I don't know uh, if we should keep going. Or no, we no. Should we should just stop. It's been like an stop. hour and yeah, we, something. Yeah, now. we're going, uh, yeah, we're pushing 90 minutes with this one. So we're yeah. going gonna to stop now. Um, thanks for listening. Thank you so much. And we hope to get back to doing these more frequently. More frequently. Yeah. Uh, we've been taking a lot of breaks and we apologize for that but you know life has been happening to us and you know it's been a roller coaster um so you know we're trying to get back on track and get ourselves back in the podcasting mode soon yeah i mean that's that's the plan but we want to thank you guys for supporting us as always as always and you know we're happy to be back we're happy to be doing uh, the podcast again mm-hmm. and you know we can't wait to see you guys next time yay <laughs> bye bye <laughs> Can you help me sing this song a little something y'all